And to begin our message this morning, I want to ask you, can you think of any times when you feel like God has abandoned you? As you think back through your life, can you think of any moments where you have felt like, God, where are you in the midst of everything that's going on? I feel like you have left me and then I'm all here on my own. For some of us, that might be when we've gone through times of sickness, whether that's been physical sickness or emotional sickness, or whether that's been mental health challenges that we're going through. Uh, it could be something to do with that where we've really struggled and felt like God has left us all alone. It could be when we felt like other people have let us down, that we've been going through a difficult time and felt like everyone else has abandoned us, and so it feels like God has abandoned us too. It could be in some of those times where maybe we've stepped out courageously, so we felt like God was saying, go in this direction or do this thing, which took a lot of effort and a lot of faith on our part, and it didn't work out the way that we thought it did. And we're kind of left saying, God, where are you? Like, I did all of this, and now I'm not sure where you've gone. It could be just feelings of uncertainty, those times in our lives where we go through significant fear or significant anxiety, and we just wonder, God, where are you in the midst of everything that's going on. If you can think of those, I want you to hold on to those moments and those experiences that you've had, uh, because that's something that's going to really help us to enter into Jesus's journey as we make our way through today's message. We're continuing this series, it's called Final Words, where we are working through Jesus' final words on the cross. It's the opportunity that we've got as we head towards Easter uh, to be able to really enter into Jesus's journey and what he was thinking about and what he was processing, but also to be able to say, what can we learn from these things that Jesus said? And even more than that, what it means for us to follow Jesus through these difficult times. We've looked at three words so far. So the first week we looked at the word forgiven, uh, where we talked about how amazing and courageous it was for Jesus to offer forgiveness to the people who were doing so much harm to him. The second week we looked at the word rescued. We talked about how Jesus offers rescue to us, to rescue us so that we can experience life the way that God has always wanted it to be. And then last week we talked about supported, recognising that uh, Jesus wants us to support each other as spiritual family. And today, the word that we are going to focus on is this word, abandoned. So you can feel free to grab your teaching notes out of your Connect newsletter. And uh, you can also turn to Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, because that's where we're going to go if you've got your Bible with you. Uh, I should also mention that these verses are basically exactly the same in Mark's biography. So in Mark chapter 15, we read basically exactly the same words that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 27, uh, starting at verse 45. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Once again, we want to enter into the scene of what's going on here. And so if it's helpful for you, you might want to close your eyes and reimagine the scene and some of the things that we've talked about over these last few weeks. We want to remind ourselves about all of the things that Jesus has been through, through Thursday night and the Last Supper, uh, going into the Garden of Gethsemane, heading into the conversations with Pilate, the uh, challenging trial with the religious leaders, uh, all of the stuff that has gone on that ultimately has led to Jesus hanging on the cross. We want to think back to some of the interactions that we've unpacked over these last few weeks Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. These incredibly powerful words that he spoke. 
the conversation that Jesus had with the two men that were being crucified on either side of him. What we looked at last week, the women who were at the foot of the cross with John and Jesus showing his support for his mother and wanting to make sure that she was being looked after. And so as we reimagine that scene, we want to also recognise what it must have been like that suddenly it just seems to be getting darker and darker and darker. Now you kind of stop and think for a moment, like how long have we been here? Because everything's kind of stood still, but maybe hours have passed, so maybe it's already night time. But then you realise, no, no, it's the middle of the day. And yet the sun seems to have been blocked out and everything is completely dark. Sometimes I think the weather can resemble a little bit of how we're feeling and can contribute into that or reflect the way that we're feeling. I know for me this last week, I've felt really amazing because the weather has been glorious, it's been high 20s and you all know how much I love the sunshine and so it's been really, really great. But I've talked before about the reality that I also know how much I'm impacted during the middle of winter when things are grey and overcast and cold and you feel like everything's kind of weighed down. It's interesting that sometimes our mood can be reflected in the weather that's around us. And I think that's a bit of what's going on here, that as we think about how Jesus must have been feeling, as we think about how the people that were in a part of this scene were feeling, as this darkness closes in, there's probably this sense that it really appropriately reflected exactly what was going on and how everyone was feeling. And this isn't just a brief thing. It's not like an eclipse where it just happens for a few minutes and then the sun comes back out. This goes on for hours and hours and hours. And we can imagine how long those hours must have felt. You know how long three hours feels. But imagine sitting there at the cross, seeing Jesus as he becomes weaker and weaker, as the darkness just seems to stay and hang in the air. And this sense of hopelessness, this sense of sadness, this sense of wondering where is this all going and when is it going to end, kicks in in a really significant way. And in the midst of all of that, you hear Jesus cry out these words, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? To me, this is one of the most heartbreaking moments in everything that unfolds through these events that we're unpacking. It shows just how alone, just how abandoned, just how broken Jesus must have been feeling in these final moments. Now, we can understand what that would feel like for anyone, but we want to zoom out a little bit and recognise exactly what's going on here for Jesus Our understanding is that Jesus has existed since the beginning of time, that God has always existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This beautiful but very complex understanding that we have that God is three and yet one, that God is three unique beings, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet there is such a sense of unity, such a sense of common love, such a sense of common purpose that they are basically one. And we believe that Jesus was present with the Father and the Holy Spirit since the beginning of time, that Jesus was there present at creation with these two other beings, each so different, each so unique, but each so united, so on the same page, so connected, so of one mind that they are completely one. 
And so we recognise the sacrifice that it was for Jesus just to step out of that to become human in what we unpack when we reflect on the events that happen at Christmas time. Imagine the reality of Jesus having existed throughout eternity in perfect unity with the Father and the Holy Spirit and making the choice to say, I'm going to leave that to take on human form. That alone is challenging enough. But we then know that Jesus continued to pour into his relationship with God while he was here on earth, that he would regularly pull away from other people, that he would regularly go off and spend time by himself, often a whole night by himself with the Father, to be able to invest in their relationship, to be able to refill the tank, to try and re-establish some sense of what that connection was like. And there's this beautiful intimacy that we know exists between Jesus and between God. Jesus uses phrases like, I only see and do what the Father tells me to do. We know that there was this beautiful sense of connection that they had, even while Jesus was here on earth. And yet at the same time, we know that God and what we call sin or selfishness cannot coexist. That we talk about the reality that God is love. The very essence of God is all about others-centered love. And others-centred love cannot coexist in the same space as self-centred selfishness. Those two things just cannot exist together. And so in order for Jesus to take on the burden that we understand that he takes on on the cross, to take on the burden of all of the choices that we make, all of the thoughts and motives that we have that are not aligned with God's best, that are at their core selfish motives and selfish thoughts, the things that we call sin, then we recognise that Jesus has to, in some way, be separated from God. God and Jesus cannot be together if Jesus is to take on the weight of all of that on the cross. So we want to just stop and recognise how painful that must have been for Jesus. Having existed throughout eternity in perfect unity, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and now in this moment to feel that completely ripped apart. After all of this time, to feel completely alone, to feel completely abandoned, to feel like he's dealing with all of this on his own. That's devastating when we stop and think about all of the implications of that and how hard that must have been for Jesus. And yet... We also recognise that in some way God has to still be a part of this picture. Because if Jesus is not still God in some way in this moment, then he's just a really good guy who dies a really terrible death. If Jesus is not God, then he can't do anything with all of our selfish motives, all of our selfish decisions, all of the things that we do that separate us from God. Jesus can't do anything with that if he's just a guy. He has to still be God. And so we have this amazing mystery in what's unfolding in this moment. The pain of that perfect unity, that perfect sense of being able to be connected with God being ripped apart, and yet the reality that God still has to be present in this moment. You can maybe put it this way, that God is still present even if Jesus can't feel God's presence. God is still present even if Jesus can't feel his presence. But it's this heartbreaking moment as we recognise how Jesus is feeling right now. 
But it gets even more heartbreaking because what's going on in front of Jesus while he's dealing with this, probably the most painful moment that he's ever experienced. Well, verse 47. Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought that Jesus was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Now you would have thought... With all that's going on here, Jesus saying, Father, forgive them for all that they've done, them seeing Jesus becoming weaker and weaker, the darkness that has closed in, Jesus crying out at the top of his lungs, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That people would kind of stop and think, wow, this is a really significant moment here. And yet in front of Jesus, we've got a bunch of people who just continue to mock him. Now, we're told here that what they're saying is that Jesus is calling out for Elijah. So there's a bit of explanation that we need to dig into around that. The reason for that is because there were some prophecies that Elijah, the prophet from the Old Testament, had to come back in order for the Messiah to arrive. In Malachi in particular, in the Old Testament, there are some specific prophecies that say Elijah's going to come back, and until that happens, the Messiah cannot arrive. And so that's why Elijah's name comes up a number of times through the book of Matthew and in other places as well, because people are kind of wrestling with this thing. Is Jesus Elijah? And so he's getting ready and then some Messiah is going to come later or has Elijah shown up and we just haven't seen him and Jesus is the Messiah? People are wrestling with that. And most people agree now that the prophecies about someone who is an Elijah character coming along were actually fulfilled by John the Baptist. That's our understanding is that John fulfills all of those prophecies about someone like Elijah coming along as a prophet. But the reality is that these people aren't kind of wrestling with that in a genuine way where they're saying, oh, I wonder what's going on here. They're really just heaping more mockery on Jesus. And there's a couple of ways that that could be happening. Some people would say that they intentionally pretended that they misheard Jesus So where Jesus says, Eli, Eli, which we have translated as my God, my God, they're kind of pretending and saying, did you say Eli or did you say Elijah? It sounded like you might have said Elijah. Is that who you're calling out for? Like, are you asking for God or Elijah? Who are you really asking for here? Either way, whether that was an intentional mishearing or they just misheard it, they're just pouring mockery on Jesus to say, oh, so now you're calling out for Elijah because you know how we mocked you already about the fact that you can't save yourself. What you're doing now is calling out for Elijah because if he rocks up, then maybe the Messiah will come and he'll then save you. So keep calling out, see whether Elijah rocks up because if he does, then maybe you can turn into this magical Messiah. That's really the tone of what these people are saying to Jesus. And don't forget the pain of the moment that Jesus is in as all of this is happening. As if that's not worse, someone then goes and grabs some sour wine, which is just wine that was mixed with vinegar, a drink that was a very common drink for soldiers in those days. And that wasn't because they felt sorry for Jesus. It was really them trying to give him some more liquid so that he would stay alive longer, so that they could continue to mock him and say all of the things that they were saying about him. How devastating is it That Jesus is going through what he's going through and that's what's unfolding in front of him. It's so sad. And then in verse 50, we read these words. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. 
Now, we'll come back to this and unpack it more in our Good Friday service when we talk more about that. But what's important is that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all use the same phrasing here. They say that Jesus released his spirit, that it was an intentional choice by Jesus to allow himself to die. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the reality that Jesus had all of the unlimited resources of God at his disposal, that at any point he could have tapped into the power of God and saved himself in all sorts of different ways, stopped himself from dying. But Jesus doesn't choose that. Jesus chooses to release his spirit, to give himself up to death. It's an intentional choice that he makes, that all four of the writers make sure that they emphasise. So as we've looked at all of these words throughout this series, we've said this is really an opportunity for us to dig into how Jesus was feeling and to understand a little bit of what was going on for him, but also for us to be able to say, what does it look like for us to follow Jesus, to learn from Jesus, and how does that apply to our lives? And so this is where we come back to the question that we asked at the start. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? Have you ever felt like you were all alone, that you had no one that you could turn to, that you had to deal with everything on your own, that the darkness was closing in around you? Talked about some examples already, but when we experience broken relationships, when we experience conflict in our relationships, whether that's with family, whether that's with friends, people that we're close to, it's this sense of just wondering, where is God in the midst of all of this? When we struggle, struggle with a lack of purpose, when we say to ourselves, what on earth is the point of life? Like, why am I even here? What's the point? Where is God in the midst of all of this? When we deal with our own suffering, whether that is physical suffering, whether that's emotional suffering that we're going through, when we wrestle with financial struggles, we say, I don't even know how I'm going to put food on the table this week. God, you're supposed to be my provider. Where are you in the midst of everything that's going on? In those moments where we feel that, the thing we can take away from what we're reading today is that Jesus understands. Jesus gets it. He knows what it's like to feel the way that we feel when we go through those moments. So there's a huge sense of comfort that we can take from that, that God doesn't just say to us, brush it off, pretend it's not an issue, pretend you've got it all together and things are going to be fine. God is quite comfortable with us following Jesus to say, God, where are you? I feel like I'm all alone in what I'm going through right now but also to be able to recognise that Jesus 100% understands how we're feeling. That we don't have a God that's distant and far off, and even in Jesus, we don't have this superhuman who kind of floats above existence. Jesus completely understands those moments where we say, I feel like I'm all alone, and I have nothing in the tank that's left. I've nothing left to give. In actual fact... If we're realistic, Jesus goes through that at a level that none of us can understand. None of us go through a moment where we would say we feel more abandoned by God than what Jesus felt. But just like it was true for Jesus, and this is the mystery of how we feel and what's going on for us, we recognise that there might be times when it feels like God has abandoned us and left us, but even when we feel like God isn't 
present because we can't feel his presence. He is actually there. God is with us all of the time. There's never a moment when God leaves us to our own devices. There's never a moment where God walks away from us. Even in the darkest moments that we go through, God is there with us, even when it doesn't feel like it. So it's okay for us to say, where are you, God? Why have you left me? Where are you? But to be able to recognise that in that moment, Jesus completely understands. There's one other thing that we should touch on before we take a few moments to be able to reflect on what this looks like for us personally. And that is that this uh, episode of what we're unpacking today is often used as an argument that God doesn't really care about suffering. This is used as a fairly significant argument to say, see, if God is willing to turn his back on Jesus, even Jesus, in his biggest moment of need, there's the proof that God doesn't really care. When things get hard, God walks away and leaves us to our own devices. What sort of God is that? You may have heard that question. You may have even wrestled with it yourself. And the challenge for us is to recognise that God always sees a bigger picture and has a bigger perspective than what we do. We know, because we're able to reflect on everything that happens outside of this story, that if Jesus doesn't go through what he goes through here, then all that we are going to reflect on and celebrate in a couple of weeks at Easter doesn't happen. If Jesus doesn't enter into all of this and die, then Jesus just ends up living a good life or he continues probably to do some more good teaching and heal people and do other things and then eventually passes away. But that doesn't actually do anything to change things for us, which is the whole purpose of everything that Jesus is going through here. And so rather than us having the perception to say, how harsh is God that he would turn his back on Jesus in his moment of need? It's helpful for us to stop and say, well, actually, maybe God felt incredible grief in this moment. The sadness that God must have gone through to see Jesus make these choices. And as we've reflected on, we want to recognise that. God didn't force Jesus to do any of this. Jesus made the choices to walk the road that he did. So how much must it have hurt God, grieved God, to see Jesus going through all of this? We recognise that God could only allow something like this happening that was this devastating if there was a bigger purpose. Now we know that that's not always true when people go through suffering. Sometimes people go through bad things because people make very bad and evil choices. And we can't pin that on God and say that's God's fault. When people intentionally hurt other people and people then suffer because of that, that's not God's fault. But we also know that there are lots and lots and lots of situations where God is able to take even the darkest of moments and to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring meaning, even from the most difficult of times. And so it's helpful for us when we're wrestling with that to say, what is God's bigger picture here? What is God's bigger perspective here? And what might God be up to? So I want to give us an opportunity to be able to reflect on that. And for our reflection question, we're going to ask something slightly different than we have over the last few weeks. This time we're going to say, what does it mean to recognise we're not abandoned as we journey towards Easter? Other weeks we've talked about what does it look like for us to embrace what it is that Jesus is saying or doing in these moments. 
Today we want to kind of look at that the other way and say, what does it look like for us to recognise as we head towards Easter that God doesn't ever abandon us in the difficult things that we go through? For some of us, that might be about challenging ourselves to say, it's okay for us to be courageous enough to tell God how we feel when we're going through difficult times. Sometimes we have this perception that, again, we're supposed to keep it all together. We're supposed to pretend that everything's fine when it's really not. God doesn't want us to pretend, doesn't want us to hide away, doesn't want us to put a mask on and pretend that we've got it all together. It's perfectly fine for us to say, God, I don't know where you are in the midst of all this. This is really, really hard and I feel like I'm all alone. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to do and God is big enough to be able to shoulder how we feel. But for some of us, it is important to slow down and recognise that no matter how we're feeling, Jesus understands. In those moments where we feel the most abandoned, the most alone, Jesus is sitting right with us, wrapping his arm around us and saying, I know how you feel. I know what's going on for you right now. And so that gives us an opportunity to be able to sit with Jesus and to say, what do you have to say to me? And for some of us, that is just about experiencing a sense of comfort that comes from recognising we're with someone who understands. We all know that that's true in our lives when we go through difficult times, being able to sit with someone who can just say to us, I know how you feel, I know what you're going through, that's incredibly powerful. So for some of us, it's just about being able to sit with Jesus and to be able to listen. But sometimes in that listening, we might hear Jesus say some other things to recognise that God doesn't ever abandon us, even when it feels like it. To hear Jesus say that maybe there is a bigger purpose to what we're going through, that there is something that sits on the other side of the challenges that we're facing, that this might be an opportunity for us to grow, to be stretched, to learn, to experience healing, to find a greater sense of purpose or meaning that we wouldn't be able to find without going through the difficult situation that we might be going through. To be able to sit and say, Jesus, help me to understand where God is actually at work, where I can see God even in the midst of these really dark times. So there's a lot to unpack there. I'll give you a couple of moments. You can jot some thoughts down. You can talk to the person next to you. Uh, But what does it look like to be able to recognise that we are never abandoned as we head towards Easter?
Let's pray. Jesus, when we stop and reflect on moments like these that we know that you went through, it moves us to the core. To recognise the enormity of what you did, what you went through, and to recognise that all of that was a choice that you made. And that the reason why you made that choice was very simple. That you wanted us to be able to have the same relationship with God that you have and to open the way up for that to be a possibility for us. And so when we layer that reality in on top of the enormity of what you did, it is staggering. And we can't say thank you enough for all that you have done for us. But we're also grateful to be able to recognise that this is a part of you showing us that there's nothing that we go through that we have to go through on our own. That you became one of us You entered into our human existence so that you could go through everything that we go through so that you can simply say to us, I understand. I know what it is that you're feeling. I know what it is that you're going through. I know what it is that you're experiencing. And so we thank you today for that reality, that you know all of the times in our lives where we've gone through moments where we have felt like we've been completely alone where it's felt like, God, that you've turned your back on us and you have abandoned us. We thank you that in those moments, and those moments that some of us may even be going through right now, that you sit with us, you put your arm around us and you say, I know how you're feeling. I know what's going on for you. I know how much this hurts. But we also thank you for the truth. that even in those moments where we feel like we're abandoned, that, God, you never, ever leave us. That you're with us in everything that we go through, the good times, the challenges, you're always there. And so we thank you that you are present even when we can't feel your presence. We recognise that sometimes that's because of what we're doing, sometimes that's because we're distracted by other things or we're focused on other things. And we pray that you would turn our attention back to you to be able to identify the signs that you are actually with us no matter what we're going through. To be able to recognise those moments where you are actually doing something that is incredibly deep within us that sometimes can only happen as we go through difficult times. Help us to hold on to a sense of hope, a sense of peace, a sense of purpose in those times where we are feeling challenged. To recognise that you are right there even when it doesn't feel like it, and that you have bigger plans on the other side of it. We thank you that we can pray all of these things because of you, Jesus. Amen.